Hello, listeners. In this episode of Capital Calls, we welcome John Zick, partner and founding team member of Equium, a fund that can easily be characterized as the money ball of VC investing. John leads us through Equium's remarkable story and unique strategy that uses their proprietary data-driven model to achieve top quartile results. Take a listen as John takes us through Equium's ability to get eight times the deal flow of traditional VCs, deploy capital three times as quickly, and realize value at half the time of a typical VC fund. Enjoy this conversation with our host, Lucas Lin. As a reminder, this is our publicly available interview. The full interview is accessible to accredited investors who are members on Palico on Equium's fund profile page. So hi, John. Welcome to Palico Capital Calls. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Hi, uh, Lucas. Great to be here today. Awesome. Well, to start off, let's take a quick look at um, Equium's track record. So, you know, Equium's Fund 1 delivered a TVPI of 2.6 times, placing it in the top 5% of 2019 vintage BC funds. Fund 2 has generated positive marked market on three quarters of its holdings. And Equium's funds have half the fund life of its BC peers. What are the factors that allow you to deliver this combination of performance and speed? Absolutely. So... There's a few factors that I think led to this. I mean, Fund One was launched in February of 2019, which proved to be an extremely opportunistic moment in the in the market. You saw you know an enormous explosion of VC financing, especially in as we sort of you know spiraled into the end of 2019. You had a COVID obviously market drawdown, but then you had this you know this explosive recovery in that market, and so you had this secular effect of just enormous VC financing, which helped to propel the market forward. But then you also had you know our process, which helped us to to really identify those firms that are the, the upper crust of, of the VC market. And that really is built on the back of our genius model, which is a data-driven systematic approach to screen and sift through, frankly, hundreds of thousands of private companies. Okay. And um, could you talk a little bit more about this uh, process that you mentioned just now, I and mean, specifically the genius model that you designed on your side? So the genius model really focuses on kind of two, two elements of private company performance, both selecting, obviously, the, the companies that have the greatest potential for future growth, and two, minimizing the chance that these companies are going to have you know, enormous downside risk or the potential of failure over the next five years. And so the way we do this, is we start with an enormous funnel, and it's effectively 120,000 companies at the very top level, which is basically every company that's ever raised a venture around in the US since 1996. From there, we do filter it down to companies that are in our sweet spot and that growth and late stage sweet spot. So 250 million you know, valuation floor, series B venture round raised. And they're in this position where they've got substantial revenue generation, they've got robust market fit. Um, they're really in position to dominate their subsector over the next four to six years. And so from there, we run our company to what we like to call the gauntlet. So we're looking at tons of different elements of company performance from sector health. So they are they're uniquely positioned among their peers in the private market, in the public market. We're looking at things like company health. So how are they using capital? Are they raising capital efficiently? Are they generating value efficiently? Are they generating revenue efficiently? We really like to use this concept of kind of money ball for VC when we think about our genius model. And, and that really, I think, is an apt, you know, sort of you know, name or sort of concept to, to think about when you when think about our process. So we're looking at all of these various signals and factors as we're sort of constructing a company-specific score. And so once they've been run through this gauntlet, they do spit out a final score. And that score is then, you know, ranked against every other company and the thousands of companies in our model. And we're able to focus our efforts solely on those ranked within the top 30. 
I mentioned obviously that risk mitigation piece as well. So not only are we obviously scoring these companies, but we have the ability to change the weights of our model during various sort of macroeconomic regimes and various you know, different sort of climates in the economic sphere. So we're able to do, for instance, during COVID, we significantly increased the importance of our runway signal. And that allowed us to, to solely focus on companies that had robust balance sheets and would be able to weather a near-term revenue reduction. And that was really, really particularly important for us as we were able to minimize the chance of investing in a company that would go on to raise a down round or, or suffer some sort of undue economic impact. And then as we saw you know, valuations tick up over the summer of 2021, we were able to increase our valuation scores. So you know, as multiples expanded, we wanted to look for companies that you know, were immune to that or hadn't seen that multiple expansion. So we were able to do that through different macroeconomic regimes, and it's been able to propel us to build you know, really phenomenal portfolios, regardless of what's happening at kind of the median level, because we're solely focused on those companies that are at kind of the the top, you know, 0.1% of the private universe. Thank you for kind of sketching out and mapping the model that you built. And it's indeed a very robust model. I did want to pose a question. As someone who works a lot with data, I'm sure you're very much aware that to get good outputs, it's very much dependent on the inputs that you put in. And an issue that many investors, especially in the private market space, such as VC face, is the lack of high quality and consistent data. So what does Equium do to really kind of address these issues surrounding data availability? So we work with some phenomenal data providers. We also are constructing our own proprietary data sets, the scraping methods, and obviously web aggregation methods. So first is finding great data providers. So, you know, looking into firms like PitchBook, which have phenomenal funding round history data, phenomenal history on those, those companies' valuations as they've grown through time. We work with a provider called Privco that provides this really unique revenue data, and they've developed incredible tools for sourcing information across the internet. We're scraping hiring data, so understanding the headcount expansion of these companies. And we're really looking to create a composite picture of these firms based on the best possible data sources that we can find. And what we're able to do with this is, is effectively you know, ingest that data in our model. We do an enormous amount of cleansing effort. So obviously, there's going to be certain situations where we, we have doubt about a number, and that we need to you know, effectively adjust that number. And so there's a couple of ways for us to do that. One is comparing it to industry peers, especially from a cost perspective. Most of these companies, especially within the same sector, will operate in similar cost measures. We also will get data room access for companies that we're engaged in transactions with and that we can sort of use to, to supplement and you know, improve our, our models, processes, and, and the data quality elements there. And if for whatever reason, we just simply can't get to that comfort level, we employ a scoring process. So for data that we're 100% conviction on, we will score that data a one, and that will have the full impact and full force of that data within our model. For companies where we have less confidence in their data, we'll get a 0 0.5. For companies where we have low confidence in the particular data vertical, it'll get a zero score. And so we're able to sort of you know, triangulate those companies that have phenomenal data and phenomenal sort of ultimate rankings, and, and we're able to invest in those companies. You know, we, we say that all the time, we'd rather make a high conviction bet in companies that we have high quality data, then make a low conviction bet in a company that may have one or two metrics that look phenomenal, but we just simply don't have the data to create that broader picture. And thankfully today, we have thousands and thousands of companies that are sitting in that top level category. And so we're able to make a phenomenal investment decision. We do realize there's going to be one or two companies that slip through our filter that we just simply don't have the data for. But thankfully, there's enough you know, great companies to invest in today that we, we don't really see that being a, a major drag on performance in any, in any measurable way. This was our publicly available portion of our interview with John Zick from Equian. The rest of the interview is exclusive to accredited investors who are members of Palico. The extended version covers Equium's ability to quickly deploy capital and provide a shorter fund life, 
their involvement in target company operational activities, how they've been able to develop a sustained competitive advantage, and some examples of specific investments. If you're an accredited investor, you can join Palico for free and listen to the rest of the conversation and other exclusive content like this. Head over to palico.com to apply. Palico is the leading platform for fund managers and investors in private equity, where LPs from single family offices to large pension funds access PE fund investment opportunities and enjoy exclusive private equity content relating to those funds.